You are beautiful. You are worthy. Your dreams were put on your heart for a reason. No matter what anyone else might think of you for following them. So stand up, stand tall, and stand proud. You were made to shine. Yo, yo! How are we doing, beautiful people? How are we doing? Happy Sunday, wherever this finds you. Morning, mid-morning, afternoon, mid-afternoon, evening. Um, I hope everyone's had a phenomenal week. Y'all, it's been, it's been a, such an exciting week over here in the Annie Mayfield apartment. Um, I'm just working through so many fun, amazing projects that have coming up the pipeline. And I don't know if you're like me, I actually was having this conversation with my mom the other day, but if you're like me, I need to be in motion. Like I need to have an exciting project or goal or something that I'm working towards. If I feel like I'm not like creating momentum in my life, if I feel like I don't have, you know, a book I'm working on, or if I'm working on like a course or whatever it is, I get incredibly, I feel like I'm stuck. And when I feel like I'm stuck, it's like all of a sudden, if I feel like I'm stuck in one area of my life, I start dissecting how I'm stuck in every other area of my life and things just go downward, downhill spiral, super duper uber fast. Can anyone relate? Like maybe, maybe you are feeling like you're in a relationship and you feel like the relationship's gotten really stale and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, our relationship's getting really stale. And then you start thinking about how, and I don't even like my job that much. And I don't even, I don't even know if I really connect with my friends all that great anymore. And I, all of a sudden, like, I'm really insecure about how my body's looking recently. And it's like one area of your life triggers discouragement or insecurity and all these others. Well, that's how I am with like my, my craft in my work. If I feel like one area isn't going well, all of a sudden I start thinking about all these other things that aren't going well in all these other areas. And so what I typically do, and I've said this before and that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today, but I like to find one thing to make progress in, in an area. So like if, if my isogenics business isn't doing well, I'll go to my health. Typically it's something I can control. I'll go to my health and I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna go freaking crush this workout. Like I'm gonna go run 12 miles. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna suck, but I'm gonna do it because I'm gonna be more confident for it. And I'm gonna come back and be like, you know what? Maybe my isogenics business is not as bad as I thought it was gonna be or my corporate job or whatever, right? Like, and so if you can make progress in one area, it will increase your confidence in others. Just as if you feel stuck in one area, it can seep discouragement into your into others. And that's why it's so important to make sure that when when we do think about progress, we do have things, I call them micro and macro celebrations. We do have things we're looking forward to and getting excited about in areas of our profession, of our relationships, of our friendships, etc. So 
this week I've had so many projects going on and it has just elevated, I feel like, every single other area of my life. It's just been so fun and I'm so excited for all the stuff coming out. I can't tell you about them right now, um, but some great things up the pipeline. And you guys, today, you know, as I was kind of coming through all these projects this week, I got to thinking about this idea of how in life we make things so freaking complicated. I mean, so freaking complicated. I made a reel about this the other day. Probably one of the biggest questions that I get on my Instagram is, how do you write a book? It's probably one of the biggest questions I get. And I love, like, it, it lights my soul on fire to know that we have so many aspiring authors out there. But what crushes my heart is, you know, I give people advice, et cetera, and they do nothing with it. Like, the amount, the ratio of aspiring authors to published authors is criminal criminal. And what breaks my heart about it is because I know that this is just a mere indication of what's going on in, in other scenarios of life. Like we have so many more dreamers than we do executors. We have so many people who, who make goals and, 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 and have ambition, which is amazing, but we have way few people who actually do anything about it. And it's because I think we overcomplicate things. We overcomplicate things so much. And then when we try to go teach other people how to do it, we overcomplicate things because we want to sound so smart and so, you know, special and like wanting to, to seem like we just have it all figured out and we did the super hard thing when really, really the best teachers are the ones that make it really simple for people. And I think it's this combination of we overcomplicate things. We seek advice from people who overcomplicate things. So we live in a world where a lot of dreamers out there don't get their dreams done ever because we have overcomplicated the crap out of how to do stuff. There is a term that I learned actually in my, in my corporate job. Um, and that, that good Lord, like, I have enough tattoos, but if I, if I got another one, I would get this. It's kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Like, keep it simple, stupid. Things are just not that hard. They're not. I didn't say... Let me rephrase this. Things are very simple. To achieve your dreams, I don't care what it is, it's very simple. Simple doesn't mean easy. I'm not discrediting people. Like, I'm not discrediting myself. It's not easy to write a book, but it's very simple. People just overcomplicate it. If you want to be a professional football player, you know what you need to do. It's very simple. You need to be really freaking good at football. You need to eat right. You need to move your body. You need to perfect the game. 10,000 hour rule. Go make sure you have 10,000 hours of practice in football. I promise you'll go to the NFL. It's very simple, but it's very hard. But it's simple. You don't need all this fluff. You want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be making six figures in your network marketing business, it's very simple. Believe in the product you sell, reach out to people, expect rejection, and keep reaching out to people. It's very simple. Oh, but it's very, very hard. It is. You want to be a successful speaker? 
It's very simple. Practice. Go practice in front of your um, your your com- pool community's bingo night. Go practice in, in, in front of the elderly home. Go practice in front of, you know, get like five group of friends together and just, just run a Bible study and practice public speaking. It's very simple, but it is hard. And I just want to get across that I think with anything in life, we have just overcomplicated the crap out of stuff. You want to ask that girl on a date You want to ask that guy on a date? It's very simple. You go up to them and you ask them. Now, that's very hard. Yes, because you could get rejected. You could, you know, people could talk about how you got rejected. You could, she, she might be not be interested. He might not be interested. It's very hard. Oh, but it's very simple. And we have just overcomplicated things. And I also want to talk to, I know we have so many creators that listen to this, so many business people, so many people that just, they're trying to produce something. They're trying to produce something meaningful. I just get that feeling. I get that feeling about you that you're trying to produce something meaningful. And I love that. And I honor that. And I see that. And my advice to you is one, stop overcomplicating things yourself. I think one of the reasons we do complicate things so much is because it's a form of procrastination. We don't actually want to do the work. And so we make up all these steps of things that we think we have to do, which we really don't. And we know that we don't because we're putting off the thing that we actually need to do. I see this all the time with people when I coach people on writing books. They spend hours trying to think of a title. They spend hours trying to think of what the cover is going to look like. They spend all this time. I'm like, well, well, have you written the book? Like, have you, like, the, you know, the words on the page? Like, not trying to be harsh, but, like, have you actually written the chapters? Have you actually written the, the book? Like, the thing that people are going to read, have you done that? Well, no, no, I haven't, but I just feel like I need to have this really in-depth outline first. But first, of course, I need a title. Like that comes obviously. And then I need like I need the color scheme for my because like I you know, if it's going to be yellow, that's going to be cheerful and that's going to bleed into the writing or if it's going to be like a darker color for the cover, then maybe I need to sprinkle in some darker some darker things and then if if there's a photo of me on the cover, then I need to make sure I'm representing myself accordingly in the chapter. So like there's all the stuff I need to do before I write and I'm like no 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 write the dang book that is what's most important you are making things so complicated and the reason I get heated about it is because I'm like with all of that guess what you're never gonna do you're never gonna write the book because you're gonna be exhausted I once heard it put this way eat your frogs Eat your frogs first, a.k.a. do the hardest thing first. That's how you keep things simple. That's how I've been able to publish four books before I was 24 and a fifth one before I'm 25, which is coming out, right? That's how I've been able to create this podcast, which is now reaching over 25 countries across the globe before I was 25 years old. That's how I've been able to do all these things. It's because I just haven't overthought it. I'm like, you know what? This might suck. It might be an absolute flop, but... If it's not well received by my audience, I can figure out why and that can help me steer myself in the next direction of what I want to create. And that's the other thing I think people overcomplicate it is because they're afraid of rejection. It's like they're trying to build a, a, like all this fluff 
around actually doing the thing they know that they could get rejected for. Other people aren't going to have an opinion of the work you're doing for the title of your book. And I keep using the book example because that's just what rings the most true. I can use another in business. People don't care about the, the trainings you attend for your network marketing business. They don't, they, they're not going to judge you for that. They're not going to judge you for um, the, the, out, the outline of your week that you plan to live by, right? They're not going to judge you for the, for the, new canister organization you have in your closet that you have with all your new products. They're not going to judge you for that. What they're going to judge you for is when you reach out to them and they're going to say, I don't support what you're doing because they're uneducated. Or they're going to judge you when you follow up with them after they told you no three years ago, right? Like they're going to judge you for those things. And I think the reason we spend all of our time doing things like reorganizing our pantry with our products and only listening to trainings instead of doing the things that actually move the needle in our business, such as reaching out to people, following up with people, making reels on Instagram, incorporating our products and our business model, whatever it is, is because we're afraid of that rejection. We're afraid of actually doing the substantial things that, that pivot our business, but also give people leverage to judge us. And so we overcomplicate things to prevent ourselves from doing the work, we overcomplicate things so that we can in our mind say we did the work when we really didn't do the work to make ourselves feel better about not doing the work. And don't ask me to repeat that because I don't even know what I just said. So you'll have to rewind. But it's true. We put up these like buffers against the world so that we don't have to get rejected, but we can still feel like we did something. So we overcomplicate it. By spending hours on the title of your book and on the potential cover of your book, but not actually writing it and publishing it, no one's going to judge you for what you wrote in the book because it doesn't exist. But in your mind, you're like, I spent four hours on my book today, but you really did it. And I just, I get, like I said, so passionate about this because it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to think about all the ideas and the creations and the content that doesn't exist in this world because we overcomplicate things. The other thing we make a mistake on is we go to advisors that overcomplicate things. And now I want to speak to my teachers. So some of you, you're creating, maybe you're beginning your journey, but some of you are a little bit later in your journey. And maybe you're in a position like myself where people are reaching out to you asking what you did. And you're overcomplicating the heck out of things for them because you want to be seen as more competent, as more elevated, as more, what's the word? Like on your freaking high horse. I remember, um, so I went to a small liberal arts college and good Lord, there were so many, I can only, I can only recall one professor just one to this day, my favorite professor, but oh, there was only one of them in my entire time. I studied psychology at Wofford and um, to my dismay that involved a lot of science, which, you know, I don't know why I wasn't anticipating that. It's a legit science major, but I hated science. I just was like, oh, I'm going to learn how people function and um, I thought it was gonna be so cool and then I was studying like sheep brains and you know that stuff just took me by surprise but there was one teacher at Wofford and he made things so simple and I remember it was the most 
complicated subject possible. It was biological psychology. And like a lot of people in that class were going pre-med to give you an idea of what this class was. I should not have been in there. I should not have been in there. But to this day, it's the best course average I've ever had in college. And it was because this guy, you knew he was so brilliant. He was so smart. He was teaching us we had to walk in the lab one day and identify we had three hours to study like 30 nerves in the sheep brain and be tested on them. It was absurd. I thought it was, I thought he was literally joking when he said that at the beginning of the class, but he was so brilliant and we knew this, but he made it so simple. He taught to the level of his students capacity, not his egos. And what I found with a, with Every single other professor at that college was they made things so complicated. It's like they wanted to be seen as so elite and so smart that when they taught us, all I left those classes thinking was my teacher's really smart. I never left class thinking about the material we learned because I didn't understand it. I was like, this guy might as well be speaking Chinese. I have no idea what he's saying or she is saying, right? But this one professor, his name was Dr. Pittman. He, to this day, one of my favorite professors, he made things so digestible and so absorbable. He made things so simple because he cared more about our ability to understand the material than his need to be seen as some elite brilliant professor. He cared more about whether or not we walked away knowing and being able to articulate the information, the needing his ego stroked. That's a good teacher. A good teacher is one that has the ability to curate such simplicity in the information that they're giving that their student is able to actually execute on the things that they need to do to live out whatever purpose this information is calling them to. And so for some of you, you're teaching people how to, to increase their branding. You're teaching people how to make money in network marketing. You're to, maybe you're in corporate. You're, you, you manage a team of SDRs and they're called outbound prospecting or inbound prospecting. Or maybe you're teaching people how to close revenue. Or maybe you're teaching people marketing or you're teaching people how to leverage Instagram to make money. Whatever it is, you're teaching people something Stop making it about you. Stop making it about your need to be seen as this elite inspirational figure. If you're teaching people, it's not about you. It's about your students. It's about how much information they're absorbing, not whether or not they see you as this highly, highly elite figure. You want your students to walk away like, okay, yeah, this isn't easy. It's not going to be easy, but it's simple. I can do this. When I teach people in network marketing or when I teach people when they reach out to me about writing books or when I teach people on this podcast, my hope for you is not, not that you walk away thinking Annie is so freaking smart, which, you know, I would be shocked if you, <laughs> if you thought that, but I don't want that. What I want is you walking away saying, okay, if this girl can do it, I can do it too. Because it's not, it's not complicated. It's very simple. Is it hard? Yes. Is it easy? No. But is it simple? Yeah. It's simple to build a solid six-figure business in network marketing. 
it's simple to build, to be able to wear different hats, to be able to work a corporate job, run an entrepreneurial job, write books, record podcasts, you know, have brand partnerships. It's very simple. Is it easy? No. Simple, yes. And what I want you to realize is I don't care where you are in life. Like I said, some of you, people are reaching out to you. You're, you have courses, you have memberships, you have one-on-one coaching. Like you're literally teaching people. But even if you're not, even if you aren't a coach, even if you aren't, people aren't reaching out to you yet, you still teach people. You teach people how to treat you. You teach people what you're about. You teach people... If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you teach people his message, which is loving people, serving people. And I pray that you realize no matter where you are in life, you are a teacher. You're always teaching someone something. And I pray that you keep it very simple because that's what's going to be absorbed by the person you're teaching. I think about Jesus. Jesus taught in parables. Parables, the reason Jesus taught in parables is because they were very simple. They were simple. Now, were they deep? Yes. There was like onions of layers of, I'm thinking of like the movie Shrek and like, you know, he's like, I'm an onion. There's so many layers. Like that's a parable. There's like a thousand layers to that onion of content and like meaning and all the stuff. But it's simple. Why did God send Jesus down? to prescribe a new covenant because this new covenant is simple love god with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself it's simple it's not easy but it's simple and so we as jesus followers when we're teaching the world about jesus through the way that we love and the way that we act and the way that we move It's about keeping it simple. I love you. I serve you. I honor you. Not because you're perfect, not because I'm perfect, but because a perfect God loves the imperfections in both of us and loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. So, you know, whatever you're doing, whatever sin, I mean, I've sinned too. It's like, but but, but I love you and you love me because that's who we are and following Jesus. It's very simple. All those rules in the old covenant that we couldn't keep, we couldn't keep them. It wasn't simple. And so God brought a simple covenant because simple is what's absorbed. And so with whatever you have in your life right now, you are a teacher. You're teaching people about Jesus. You're teaching them about his love. You're teaching them about your love, about how you like to be treated and served and honored. You're teaching them about how you want to live your life. You're teaching them about what you put up with and don't put up with. You're teaching them maybe more specifically about a course or a brand or whatever. Keep it simple. And for yourself, keep it simple. Simple is what can be executed on. Simple is what can be acted on. Simple is what gets stuff done. And I am not a lot of things Trust me, I, my, my high school friends, I mean, good Lord, they made fun of me for being stupid in high school, truly. Like, not book smart in high school. And my ability to be super intelligent and super crafty, like, that does not exist. But I'll tell you what I am damn good at. I am really good at keeping things freaky simple. 
freaky simple. Cause I know that imperfect action beats perfect action every single time. And the reason we overcomplicate things is cause we're trying to reach the standard of perfection, which doesn't exist. And it's a way of procrastination for us to prevent ourselves from doing the hard stuff. So anything I do, anything I do from a relationship perspective, a friendship perspective, a business perspective, a job perspective, a family perspective, a body perspective, a health perspective, I don't care what it is. My standard is simple. How can I make this as simple as possible? Because that's what's going to get done. That's what's going to get done. When I published my first book at 19 years old, guess what? I had no idea. I didn't know how to publish a book. When I started writing my book at 19, summer before my junior year of college, guess what I didn't know how to do? I had no idea how to publish a book. But I literally remember saying to my mom, I'll figure that out later. I'm just gonna, I need to get the book done. I was preparing in advance for God to, to figure out the rest. But I knew I was called to write this book. I knew I was called to write Be Your Own Hero. And so I kept it simple and I wrote the dang book. I didn't think, I didn't even know it was going to be called Be Your Own Hero until like chapter 22. I didn't know what picture I was going to use until months after I'd written the whole dang book. I didn't even know what process of publishing. It was like, I, do I find an agent? Do I self-publish? Like I didn't, I wasn't educated on anything until months after I wrote the dang book. Keep it simple. Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid. And as you do, watch how much more you get done and how much less anxiety you have. I'm sending you love.